Hello, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Uncensored. This is our debut episode with Rams Talk. We are looking forward to you all who have been part of the Rams Talk community, listening in and joining in on some laughs. We will be releasing weekly episodes every Wednesday. The offseason is upon us. The 2019 NFL season is quickly approaching. We have free agency in the NFL draft coming up in the next few weeks and months. And we all hope that you'll be listening. Now let's get to the show. This is Rams Uncensored with Matt Herrera. Just learn how to roll with the punches, bro. Brian Chirwano. You're just a bunch of little bitches. Tommy Avance. I look like the staple of Marshmallow Man right now. And Mark Luhan. I tried to get Russ to join us last minute here, but he's ghosting. You have now entered the danger zone. I'll give you a virtual hug, too. Are you ready? The first topic we have for the show today is something that's been unraveling these past few weeks. It's the team we all hate, especially as of late. I mean, if it wasn't because of the last what they did 17 years ago, it's because of what happened. But Mr. Robert Kraft. Let's just give him a, a hand of applause, everyone. Just me. Uh, I'm going to give me. him a <laughs> There we go, Mark. In honor of Rick Flair's <laughs> 70th birthday, man. Woo to you, Robert Kraft, you dirty little bird. Robert Kraft, get your dick wet. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see earlier today, it broke that this happened in the morning of the AFC Championship game. So before he goes to Kansas City to go collect his winning trophy to go to the Super Bowl, he was getting a nice little handy. Yep, HJ's all day. <laughs> they had to give him like three Viagra's to get that Laffy Taffy up. Oh my, oh my god, that's so embarrassing, man. Right? I mean, when you have that much money, um, just have him come to you, bro. Like, what are you doing going to the strip mall? Like, you get a fine escort, right? That's for the regular dudes. So, you know, the regular average Joe whose wife cut them off. You go to the strip mall, you get an eighth gear, and you move on. But no, <laughs> the rich guy, instead of having the escorts come to him, no, I want to be like everybody else, the blue-collar American, and see what that's like, and go to the strip mall and grab a 40 at the liquor store and then go next door and get an eighth gear. Woo! Well, maybe, maybe, you know, he's been hearing so much about the happy ending that he just was like, dude, I'm 70 years old. I'll never get another chance. Maybe it's time to go get my happy ending. And, oh, boy, is he going to get a happy ending. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you, you know what pissed me off, too, is freaking Dave Portnoy, Mr. Stooley president, right? He goes on Fox News on, what was it, Tucker Carlson, of all things, because that's his homeboy, supposedly. But he's going out there and defending Kraft like this was something that, well, like, yeah, you guys say regular average Joes go do this. I mean, I don't go do this, but I know there's guys who do that. But still, it's like, it's just so sad. Why are you going to go and try to defend this guy on national TV, especially on a, on a political station? Dave Portnoy, this is another reason why I hate that guy. He's, he's a tool, man. Yeah, creeps will defend creeps. Yeah. Didn't he already make a t-shirt for Robert Kraft, something like that? I thought I saw that. 
Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, but, but but honestly, do you give a shit that he went and got an HJ? I don't no. give a shit about the HJ, but if he actually is part of the human trafficking, he's a piece of shit. Right, exactly. Uh, he should he should be getting the franchise stripped from him just like Richardson did in Carolina. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. You're gone, you're done, it's over with. You're out, you're fired. Yeah. You know, there's no if answer buts because if this is true, what Robert did is worse than what Jerry Richardson did, as far as the evidence that we know of, right? Correct. Besides getting stripped of the franchise, he needs to go to jail and give a bunch of HJs himself. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be smacking around that Lassie Cassie for nothing. It ain't going nowhere on his own. All right. All right. Anyways, Matt, get back to, get back to topic. All right. So now let's let's dive into a little bit of Rams off season. So there's a lot of top free agents we have going to going to the free agent market. So I want to play a little game for this segment. It's called if there's only one offensive free agent that the Rams could retain that they need to retain out of all the lists, uh, you know, Saffold, CJ Anderson, Malcolm Brown, JJ Natson, Sean Mannion, just to name a few. Who do we need to keep? That's that's bottom line. We need to keep this offensive weapon. So uh, let's go, Tommy. What's your take? Roger Saffold. I mean, he's been on our team since he was drafted in 2011, holding down the line in multiple positions due to injuries. He's played every position on the line on our team except for center. Um, He's gotten better every year that he's played in the league. He's gotten in better shape every year that he's played in the league, and he's gotten more durable every year that he's played in the league because he was injury prone um, in his younger years and in his younger years he wasn't in that great of shape you can see that he was real doughy a guy that was just big but didn't really go to the gym a lot and now you look at him he's ripped he just he does not look like the average offensive line he's jacked he's at the gym constantly so he's progressed and gotten better every year he's been in the league so I, I say Roger Saffold yeah I'm gonna go with Roger Saffold as well I mean you you don't know whether Andrew Whitworth is coming back, so you got to kind of have some sort of, uh, I don't know, you just got to have, you got to keep that side of the line intact as much as you can. And, you know, Note Boom, obviously, he has some experience playing along Saffold a few times he took snaps last year. So, I mean, I mean, Roger, he needs to, he needs to be back, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, I want to say Saffold, but I don't like the price tag he comes at more than likely, to be honest with you. Um, you know, the Rams don't have a ton of cash this year. I think we're sitting at about $27 million. So as much as I would love for him to come back at the price tag he's at, I don't think it's worth it. I think he can go out and get a guy in the draft. I mean, the third round that probably is very serviceable that will be just as good in a couple of years. Um, out of those pieces, honestly... I don't think we need CJ back. I don't think we need Malcolm back. Uh, Jojo Natson, you know what? When that guy hit the field, he was electric. I think that return game is huge. Um, yeah, he had he had a couple of issues during the season, but, you know, that guy really did create a spark when he hit the field. And I know it's not – he's going to cost next to nothing. Right. Yeah, definitely. Good point. I think Natson would be a, a huge re- retention for the Rams. But I'm going to have to go – with Roger Saffold as well. I mean, I'm just going to hit it home. Offensive line, we say the game's won in the trenches, and, and we need that consistency, like as Mark was saying, up front with that offensive line. And if we don't know what's happening with Sullivan, 
which, I mean, I would be okay with parting ways with, yeah, Roger Saffold. I mean, no matter what the cost is, I feel like they have to, have to, have to have this guy come back just for guy to have Todd Gurley or a second guy behind him like Malcolm Brown or C.J. Anderson to be able to have an impact that they were able to have. John Kelly, baby. I'm a big fan of John Kelly. So I you're in the weight room. Get him in the playbook and let him go because if you – well, the weight room – not so much. I, I mean, if you look at his college highlights, he was out there hammering people. He would just knock anyone on their back that got in his way. He was really good at that. His problem is his playbook retention and pass protection. If he works on that, it'll be fine. What position do you guys think we should draft at 31? I, I hate to be cliche, but I think it's best available, man. Yep. I mean, I'm not going to go after just saying, hey, we need a left tackle or, hey, we need an edge rusher. I don't want to take a guy that would be maybe mid-second at 31. I, I want to go with what's best available, and we can work with it. You know, if it's somebody we already have in that position, we can figure out different ways to use them. Yep. I agree. I, I say best player available as well because the simple fact is when you're a Super Bowl team winner, what you know, winning or losing, it doesn't make a difference. There's a reason you got there because your roster is pretty good from top to bottom. We don't have a lot of holes. Um, we may think we do, but we just need to move some stuff around. But I would say best player available as well because you can plug him in. And if somebody gets hurt that's really good at his position, guess what? Get in there and do your job. Yeah, and I mean, if you don't like a player that's there at 31, you, you trade back, you stockpile some picks, and hopefully you get a, another se- or a second because we don't have one and maybe a third. Obviously, the big talk about this draft has been it's defensive heavy. So. I feel they're going to go. They're going to draft defensive, a defensive position probably. Uh, I'm guessing safety. I feel like Joiner is going to be gone, and and yeah, we. I feel like since it's so deep defensive wise, I feel like safety is just a good fit. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel what you guys are saying. It makes total sense. Of course, we want to we want to get the guy who's going to get the most snaps, right? Who's going to play the most um, at that spot in 31 for next year. No, no, Matt. I- well, I agree that we're probably going to need a safety to take over for LaMarcus Joyner. I don't necessarily agree it has to come that high in the draft. I, I think that there's a lot of quality free agents at the safety position, and they're not coming at a really high price either. Did you see what the safety position was last year besides LaMarcus Joyner on a franchise tag? It wasn't going very pricey. Right, right. I mean, I mean even Eric Reed, he – took a deal with the Carolina Panthers that was kind of kind of seemed a little cheap. I would have paid him that, Eric Reed. I would have paid him that. That was a good deal for the team. Right. Absolutely. He's a good player. He's a really good player, actually. It's definitely going to be an interesting offseason because, yeah, just less need. He went out last offseason, and it seemed like they were they had a lot of chips in on going all in, right, making those two big trades for for Marcus Peters and the keep to leave and paying – and Dom Kinsu, it was it was interesting, but you think they're going to be a lot more. I would think they're going to be a lot more conservative. Um, but let's go. Let's change the topics up real quick. Let's talk about the coaching staff shakeups. We've we've seen the Rams bring on three new coaches: Wes Phillips, that's Wade Phillips' son; Eric Henderson for the defensive line, coming from San or not San Diego, excuse me, the Los Angeles Chargers, and of course uh, Zach Robinson taking over at the assistant QB position after Zach Taylor's departure. So my question to you guys is how does Sean McVay and this coaching staff respond 
after going to a Super Bowl and now having this poaching happen off of his his coaching staff. We've seen it happen even last year with the early success he had. Do we think there's going to be a real big impact? You know what? The, the majority of the team's coaching is there. Um, the offensive philosophy is not changing. I mean, you're going to have another set of eyes on the QB. You know, the QB coach is coming in. He played at Oklahoma State. He actually played in the league for a little bit. He's doing PFF, doing some uh, analytics stuff. I, I think they'll be fine. I think bringing in a new defensive line coach is actually probably a good move because that defensive line didn't play up to par for most of the season and let people run all over them. Uh, but like I said, I mean, we still have the same coaching staff for the most part. The big pieces are there. There's some small pieces filling in and everything will be fine. Assistant coaches to me are only important when they have the nerve to challenge their bosses. Okay. So what I'm looking for for these new coaches is someone who's willing to go up to the defensive coordinator, Sean McVay, whoever they need to go up to when they see something that's going on in the game. And if the, those, you know, coordinators and coaches aren't doing anything about it. Say something. Say what you see and help out your superiors because Sean McVay was completely outcoached in the Super Bowl. I mean, he was a deer in the headlights, and somebody needed to jump in there and shake him by the shoulders, you know? So that's what I'm looking for from assistant coaches is leadership. That's what's important to me. For me, I, I feel like, obviously, we probably won't have the same exact output as we did this year, going 13-3. and three. I don't think – I think 13-3 and three is a great season, and 13 wins is hard to match. And just seeing seeing the opponents we're going to be facing next year, Carolina, the, the Saints again, we're going to be playing the Falcons and the Bucks. Those are all – the NFC South is a tough division. And we're going to be playing a game over in London. I just feel like, yeah, this, this coaching staff, though, you guys have made some good points. I feel like we're going to see – a few lo- more losses next year, but I'm, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't think this comes down because of the changes in the coaching staff, like you guys were saying. I feel like it's just, it's just going to be because just, just the way things go and the way, like I said, winning 13 games, winning 14 games in a season is hard to do in the NFL. So, yeah, it, it's interesting to see where it goes. So now let's go. We were talking earlier about top offensive free agent to keep. Now I want to talk about playing the game with defensive free agent for the Rams to retain. Who do we think we need to keep the most? There's Littleton, Joyner, Fowler, Shields, to name a few. Those are probably the bigger names um, and, and some more of the more names that, that contributed and played the most. What do, what do you, how do you guys feel about this defensive free agency and, and the Rams needing to keep one of these guys? Um, I'm going to go with Littleton. I think Littleton's pretty key. I mean, not so much the fact that he was the middle linebacker. I mean, he did a great job for stepping in, being a former safety, but Littleton on special teams. I mean, how many punts has he blocked in the last two years, man? Like, that guy's a beast. He's everywhere. Um, if there was a guy I was going to keep, that would be the one. I'm going to go with Indomitian, too. Um, I watched what he did all year. He played smart. A lot of people were – on the surface, disappointed with him. I, 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 on the other hand, saw a guy who was later in his career and wanted to make sure that if the team got to the Super Bowl, he was physically able to be a part of that game. And that's exactly what I saw. Because during the regular season, he was on cruise control. He stayed out of the fray, stayed out of the piles. And during the playoffs, he was the Detroit Lions and Dominican Sioux. And we saw 
our defense go from one of the worst defenses in the in the league as far as the run to the number one defense overall in the playoffs. You don't think I, I like your take, but I don't I don't think he's a need. I'm gonna question you on this, all right. You don't think there's a guy we can go out and get on the defensive line for like the position he plays that might be coming into the free agency this year, like Danny Shelton, who played in the Super Bowl against us. Uh, like I feel like he would be a good fit, and he would come at less money than Ndamukong Sue. The money would be a factor for sure, but I'm just I'm not looking at any other you know replacements. I'm just looking at what we have, right, and what I would like to retain, and I would say Ndamukong. For me, it's got to be Littleton as well. I mean, he's he was just all over the field, and he's just so fast. He's a lo- he's very raw, talent wise, and you see why it took him three years to get into a starting position. But he's got length, he's got the speed, he can cover well against almost anyone in the league. Uh, I mean, he he had a bad showing against Alvin Kamara, but then again, who doesn't um, in the NFC Championship? And he, to me, yeah, that's the guy you got to go with. It's just a question of how much it's going to be because he's a restricted free agent. So uh, we'll see how much the Rams want to tender. I got an interesting take on this. Corey played safety in college. He's 220 plus. I get what he's doing with this. Why not give him a shot to take over Joyner's position? And we put two <laughs> real middle linebackers on the field and get rid of Barron. What about that? That's interesting. I mean, let's see him going back into safety. It's just it's just weird hearing would, I, hearing a linebacker going back into safety. safety. Okay, okay. Strong JJ free. Okay, man, I think that could work. Ooh-wee. I feel comfortable with that. I mean, like I said, Littleton, he's got the speed. He can definitely cover a, a good quarter, good half of the field if he's and especially if he's playing deep. So. Uh, but I don't. I honestly don't think the NF, the the Ram staff would go for that. I don't. I don't think they would. Sometimes you got to think outside the box. You know what I mean? They moved him to linebacker at one point in his career. Why not try him back out at the position he naturally played at in college? You know, give him a shot. Train him. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. So you think right back inside the box, kind of like Robert Kraft. He's all about some Asian <laughs> box. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, this ring's uncensored. You would think that a guy that age would have retired that wet noodle. (laughs) I mean, he has a girlfriend who's pretty young, if I might add. Yeah, Yeah, let's be honest, man. Is she really like his girlfriend? Like, she's just some girl who's like, when are you going to croak so I can get that money? Let me get married. (laughs) (laughs) You think she's a dude that looks like a gremlin? Yeah, she's not She's not wetting his noodle, that's for sure. No, oh. she's not. Trust me, that's why he went to the strip mall. Oh, man. <laughs> Damn. And Adam, right, Adam Schefter reported that wasn't even the biggest name. Who do you guys think it is? Peter King, homie. No. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> that was the biggest name. Well, boom. Oh, uh, well, the biggest name is probably there with his boy Trump. No, you think I was just so? going to say the biggest name right? is the president of the United States. And they can't put it on there because it's the president of the United fucking States. He, he could yeah. uh, pardon himself. Yeah, he's, he'll pardon yeah. him in about a year and a half. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> okay. 
What do you think the best position group for the Rams was this past year? Tommy, I'll pose this question to you first. Oh, good Lord. That is a tough one, dude. I'm going to have to go with the offensive line. Yeah, you can't get that many yards and touchdowns with Todd Gurley without these guys moto-grading everybody, which is weird because when you saw him in the Super Bowl, I saw a different group of guys. A couple of games, the Bears game, that game, I saw a bunch of guys that physically were just getting punked in the schoolyard. It's pretty embarrassing, but for the most part, they did a great job. Oh, man. Well, I'm going to tell you that as much as I want to go with the wide receiver group, I'm going to go with the special teams group. Special teams. Upset. They were freaking monster. I mean, anywhere from the punting game, the kicking game, the coverage, every aspect of special teams was just on it. I mean, think of a bad game we had on special teams, honestly. Can you guys think of one? Nope. I can think of games where the offensive line was bad. I could think of games where the wide receivers were bad. I can I can find instances where the special teams was bad, which would be just like those horrible illegal blocking penalties that would be called on them. But that was maybe what four or five times this year. It wasn't too often. Yeah. No, so, if you look at the replays on a lot of those, they were garbage calls. Right. Yeah. You know, special teams is hard to referee because everyone's going so fast. So when you see the flag, you you hear the penalty, and then the the television shows you the replay. You're like, oh, come on, dude. <laughs> you know, so that usually what's happening on special teams as far as penalties are concerned. So, no, no, Brian is right. He's right. That was a good pick. All right. Now I'm going to get to the topic that we all really want to talk about. What, what the what, what, fuck has been going on on Twitter, Brian? You instigator. Wait, wait, wait. What, what did I instigate? <laughs> Apparently, you have like. 50 burner accounts, all right? Just to go after Rams Twitter. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I, I, have one, I have one burner account that I barely ever use. It's freaking a thousand per, or a million percent serious cold take podcast. I'm a million percent serious. Yeah. But no, keep <laughs> down for sex Rams. This is not me. Uh, <laughs> I think they're absolutely fucking hilarious, though. And <laughs> anybody listening, if you want to fucking put all the blame on me, put the fucking blame on me. That's fine, because I fucking get entertained by it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say this for, you know, for all of us on here. None of those parody accounts are us, but that doesn't mean we don't have a sense of humor. Like, I know, I know the other guys are getting upset and saying, you know, that people are being bullies or this or that, but I don't. You know, I don't hear no one jumping in crying about the, you know, the parody accounts that they're about, you know, stay in your lane, mind your business, you know, everyone's trying to be the hero, I get it, but everyone's just getting too serious on there lately. I think the Rams Super Bowl loss really messed with a lot of people's heads and hearts. Um, (laughs) I, I, I wish I could say the same, man, but, you know, after the last two years I've had in my personal life, Losing the Super Bowl was not the end of the world for me. I was just happy to be there again. Did I want to win? Come on, man. Of course I did, but I'm not going to let it throw me into a spiral and hide under the covers either. Oh, my God. It's just been a shit show, though. I mean, just Mr. Yeah, just 
Rams DFS, bro. I'm sorry, man. You just you you seem like you want to be a really nice dude, but I'm talking to you right now. That's right. I'm just talking to Rams DFS. Just you. If you're listening to this, just ease down, Not bro. Rams, Don't take him so seriously. His name's Cody, right? Cody. Yeah. Hey, it's Twitter. All right. This is where the scum of the earth hangs out. Come on, you're gonna expect the worst of the worst. Just learn how to roll with the punches, bro. Just yeah, you gotta have a thick <laughs> skin to be on Twitter because they are the douchiest of the douchey bottom feeders on there. That all of a sudden have this this online platform to to bully people, like some people say, and and, <laughs> and make fun of people and, and threaten people's lives and all this stuff. Everybody on Twitter needs to relax, you know. People's opinions are what they are, and to try to change someone's mind is next to impossible, you know. You're going to dig in on how you feel about a player, um, how the team performed in the game, or how people are treating each other on Twitter, and you're going to have your opinion about it, and that's fine. Um, I've had a lot of tragedies in my life over the last couple of years, and I bury myself in comedy to circumvent that, right? So when I see goofy stuff like parody accounts making fun of Jake and Skyler and those guys, I think it's funny, you know? If somebody <laughs> made a parody account about me, I would probably laugh. I'm not going to lie. It's like, it's not going to hurt my feelings, you know? Just, I just think people need to loosen up a little bit. This world is a little too serious, especially in these times. And we got to do a better job of trying to just laugh it off and have some fun. Yeah. Like, someone has really good Photoshop skills. I mean, I would seriously like, now that I think about it, I'm like, it'd be kind of funny to see if someone made me. What do people really think of me? You know, like, to, to really just rip on me a little bit would kind of be funny. It'd be like sitting in the chair on Comedy Central getting, getting roasted, right? We could, all think yeah. that's not funny, but when someone does it about you, oh, no, now it's not funny anymore. You getting ideas, you know? Brian? You know what? I mean, honestly, <laughs> you can you can make a you can roast me all day. I can give two shits. I'll roast whoever back. Like it's all fun. I, anytime I'm roasting anyone, I don't hate anyone. Even that little DFS punk, I don't hate him. I I think he's funny. He makes fucking life enjoyable. He makes it so I have somebody to bicker with. Why right, not? Right. It's fun. <laughs> but honestly, like the the whole team Vogue thing, like. Yeah, I started the hashtag Team Vogue. I didn't know somebody was going to make a parody out of it. But <laughs> here, here's the thing, though. I haven't seen old Jakey come out and, like, say, oh, my God, like, please, people, stop interacting with it. Like, I haven't seen it reported to Twitter or, you know what I mean? Like, the account's still there. It hasn't went to freaking Twitter jail or anything. Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> How funny, I mean, think about it. If we're looking at this as pure comedy, right? Just pure, unadulterated comedy. The person who was running that account was interacting, I believe, at one point with Jake's little brother. And, and, <laughs> uh, it was, and he was responding. And I don't know if he was realizing what was going on. And I couldn't get enough of it. That's comedy. It's funny. You know, people need to loosen up. You know, I always tell jokes. And some people, and on Twitter too, whether it's in person or on Twitter, and some people get offended. And I said, listen, it says on my profile, I like to do comedy. So 
if I was standing on the stage with a microphone, would you call me a jerk or say I was insensitive or would you laugh? You probably laugh, so shut the fuck up, you know? All right. We got one more final serious topic before we end the show today, guys. And just earlier, before we started talking about all this good, great Rams Twitter drama, we, were, we said best position group for the Rams of 2018. Now I want to know, what do you guys think was the worst position group for the Rams this year? Worst position group? Yes, sir. Worst. Um, I think it's uh, podcast uh, hosts. Forefront being Matt Herrera, second, you know, being that kid Jakey on his little podcast for DTR. Is that what? like down to rim or what is that? What? Um, oh, no, no, no. Honestly, I'm so like, offended. The uh, worst position group, I think, was the secondary, to be honest with you. I really, I really do. I think they gave up a lot of soft yards. I mean, don't get me wrong. They had some really good games, but there were so many games where they sat soft and just gave up so many big plays that were not there. Like Joyner going up against Alshon Jeffrey and just letting him catch a ball when it was like an easy interception. There's so many, so many, so many plays in that secondary that I think if those guys just watched the tape, they would want him back. Yeah, I have, I have to agree. For someone who played most of their 11 years in the secondary, I really am hard on that group. And to have that many superstars on the field, I thought for sure if, you know, we had Tlaib and, and Peters and, and Roby and JJ and Joyner, you look at that on paper in training camp, and you're like, dude, we have the best secondary in the league. They're making all these stupid nicknames. Los Angeles and blah, blah, blah. And Twitter's going nuts. This is the greatest secondary of all time on paper. They were doo-doo, man. Like, they they embarrassed me with their heads, not with their physical ability. Listen, playing in the secondary is a mental game. And if you don't think that, you don't belong there, especially at the safety position. Your job is to make the quarterback throw in the direction you want him to. Okay? That's your job. So figure it out and get your head in the game and get some pick sixes. You know, they, they were really bad. For me, I feel it was the linebacking group, and I feel it, like even though you guys made some great notes on the, the defensive backs and just, just their performance this year, I feel our weakest position was our linebacking crew. Like, like I said, Corey Littleton, as great as he is, as much talent as he is, he is raw. And same with Samson, right? Th- these guys, they're, they've been waiting on the practice squad, sitting on the bench for the past few years for a reason. And, I mean, we had to go out and get another, get another uh, speed edge rusher, right, with, with Dante Fowler because we saw we were missing something off the edge in the linebacking core with that 3-4 defense. So, uh, yeah, to me, to me it's, i got to go with the linebacking core. But I, I totally see your, you, I mean, th- those points about the corner. The, our corners this year, like when Tlaib went down, it was uh, it, Marcus Peters was a whole different person, right? And then when he came back, it was like, oh, Marcus Peters is back again. He's uh, he's able to play his what he likes to do, right? Which is essentially just just uh, keep his eyes on the quarterback and and make plays. Marcus Peters plays like a safety. He likes to play two trail zone positions. He actually should be a safety because he's long, he's fast and he has great quarterback instincts. He has no business playing corner. I think 
he also sees his talent as being wasted at that position. Matter of fact, move him back there. That's what I was about to say. Not Corey Littleton. Let's put him back there instead of Joyner, right? Put him back there, JJ. I'm telling you right now, man, I bet you Peters would have 12 picks his first year back there at safety. Like, the guy knows how to get a quarterback to throw it where he wants him to throw it, or he knows how to spy himself back there to disappear, even though he's in plain sight. He's good at that. He's a terrible man corner. We saw that when Aqib Tlaib went down. They asked him to play man, and he was like, oh, great. And we got to see, <laughs> you know, how he plays man. He never had to play man his whole career. He always played that spy position on that side of the field, but he needs to play safety, too. Before we go, I don't know who the running those charity accounts are, but bravo to you guys. Keep up the good work and the guys that don't like it. Just block it, man. Move on. Don't get all butthurt, dude. Where can people find um, you on Twitter, Tommy? At Ram Tommy in LA, buddies. If you got a problem, you know where to find me. <laughs> wow. Uh, if people want to you know, air their grievances, all you can lean on my shoulder all you want. I'll listen all day, man. I'll give you a virtual hug, too. Brian, any final yeah. thoughts, and where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at Brian81277. Uh, final thoughts. Honestly, I've never blocked a soul on Twitter. Um, so if you block people, you're just a bunch of little bitches. Just don't <laughs> choose to fuck through it, man. Seriously, if you don't want to fucking read something, move on. You can scroll past it. Who gives a flying fucking fuck? Seriously. If I see, no, like, some good point. DFS crying, they're not even crying. They're just like, oh, boo-hoo, somebody made a parody about me. They don't care that much either. So if they no. cared, it was really hurting them, and I knew that, like, it was really personally hurting them, then I would fucking – maybe I would reach out to somebody and be like, guys – Stop your fucking parody, but right now it's just fucking comedy. Yeah, Jesus. if somebody, let me here, let me make a point. You just made a good point. Let me piggyback off of that. If any of these guys that are on Twitter that are upset about these other dudes that are making parody accounts messing with people, why don't you DM them and reach out to them and 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 say say what you got to say and, and show that you really care by going out of your way and just reaching out to that one person instead of sending out a tweet saying it's on your nerves why don't you step in and try to try to talk to those people and see why they're doing it maybe you can talk them out of it or whatever but show some effort if you really care just saying you guys can find mark lujan on twitter at la rams 520 and for me you can find me at it's matt in la even though i live in burbank on twitter no final thoughts from me you guys covered it all Let's just go back to our playground and Twitter and just have some fun. Yeah, and, 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 and to end it, I just want to say, man, I like everybody on there, dude. Like, we're all good. I'm not trying to talk trash with anybody. I'm just saying, let's have some fun and be happy. Social media is supposed to be an escape from our miserable personal lives sometimes. So let's try to have some fun and escape and enjoy it and not attack each other and get all butthurt and blah, blah, blah. All right? Let's just be friends. Yeah, let's all, let's, let's all go. Let's all go play Madden for money. Who wants to play me for money, guys? <laughs> here we Fifty go, bucks, man. bro. Fifty bucks. I got you right here. Fifty cents, man. That's all I got. That's all you're getting. You got Venmo, bro? I know you got Venmo. All right, all right. If they don't charge fees, homie. 
<laughs> We'd also like to thank Rams Talk for having us join their podcast network. And a few, all of us are also joining to maybe contribute to writing, maybe contribute just to podcasts. We'll have to wait and see what's all going on down with that. But and I want to say thank you to Derek as well for asking us to join your team, brother. You obviously saw something in us, and it's much appreciated. We're happy to be here, man. People like to just hear people fucking talk shit. 